This podcast is brought to you by Proudmouth, the Influence Accelerators. We help you sell less and advise more by turning you into a recognized subject matter authority. Visit us at proudmouth.com to learn more about our Influence Accelerator services. Welcome to the Quantum Growth Podcast, empowering financial advisors to build practices for the 21st century by providing insights and interviews on leadership, strategy, and practice management. Now here's your host, Barron's Hall of Fame advisor, Jonathan Cutton. Welcome to Quantum Growth for Financial Advisors. Really excited for today's guest. Today, we are really fortunate to have Robin Crane, who is an author, a certified financial planner, has been an advisor, and has a really interesting expertise and consulting business that really helps coach female financial advisors and females who aspire to be advisors within financial planning practices to grow themselves, grow their profits, and ultimately help more people along the way. So with that, Robin, I wanted to thank you for being our guest today. And I wanted to give you an opportunity to say a quick hello to the audience and maybe tell everybody a little bit about yourself and kind of your career track and, and how you help people. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, John, for having me. It's always so much fun. I, I have this huge smile on my face because it's just exciting and it's fun to talk about because I'm so passionate about it. Yeah, I started as a financial advisor uh, back. I got licensed in the end of 2006. So my first real year was 2007. And those of you who have been in the industry long enough to remember this, obviously 2008 was was a lovely surprise if I were to be sarcastic about it, but market's going up, market's going up, everything seems great. And then we took this big turn and I really felt like I didn't know what I was doing because I, I wasn't having a lot of success as an advisor as far as growing my business. I was struggling to actually get leads. I was struggling to make money and I really felt like a fraud. And especially when there I was and, and like, I'm watching the market just go down. I didn't know what to do, not only with actually actual investments themselves of how, like, do I say the course, like everybody says, do I start to do more tactical investments for my clients? So what do I do? But also just trying to grow a business at that time with, with a lot of uncertainty myself was very scary and, and definitely kind of testing me a lot because I just felt like I had a lot of self-doubt. And so what, what shifted for me, I, I kind of went outside the industry to find help to do things differently because I just, I tried kind of doing the old things that they told me to do and networking. And I was young, I was 29 years old. So just networking and asking all my friends and family and doing the list of 100 thing. It's just, it, it was just such a struggle. So I ended up hiring a coach outside the industry. I did a lot of personal growth, Tony Robbins style type things, uh, a lot of uh, law of attraction stuff, just, just kind of had to find myself and grow myself in order to grow my business. And then things started to flip around and I was able to hit the first big milestone is that six figure mark and you know, got to six figures instead of not having prospects on my calendar at a prospect or at a calendar full of prospects instead of not making money and being in debt, which I was, I started to hit the six figure mark and started to grow my own money. And then instead of feeling like a fraud, I finally had confidence that I can actually do this and make it. So I did grow my business in kind of an unconventional way as a financial advisor. But then I found the passion really came more about helping people, not just with their money as far as growing it, but actually helping them grow their business because I figured out a way to do that. And then I started helping female financial advisors do the same. No, love it. Well said. And it's great that you sat in the advisor chair, right? And you're right. It's hard, especially the time that you started. I remember 08 and it was not fun. That's for sure. So I completely agree. And I've got to share, we're very aligned. I'm, I'm a leader at heart. 
really love coaching and developing people. And I'm really excited about our time together today. One of the things that I'm a big believer of, I've talked about this on past episodes, within our own practice here, our financial planning practice, we always struggled attracting female advisors. And I just, people might not like this, but I actually tend to think female advisors make better advisors than men better listeners, lots of qualities, more empathetic, et cetera, et cetera. So we've started to get better at it. I mean, we've got a a women's group within our own organization and spend a lot of time and energy on trying to build the culture so that women advisors are want to join and can thrive in our, our environment. I can't wait to learn uh, more from you today. So one of the things I wanted to ask, you've written four books, I think, right? Maybe you can just tell us a little bit about that because uh, that's a pretty cool thing. Tell us a little bit about the books. Yeah, so my first book is called Mind Over Money Management. It's kind of like my first and my most recent book are my favorite, kind of switched in the middle are, are some co- co-written books. But um, the first book, Mind Over Money Management, was like my first baby. And I, I was, it's actually the subtitle is Strategies Your Financial Advisor Won't Give You, which is a little bit contrarian. But I, I said that because, and I mentioned this briefly, is that I, I ended up growing my, my financial business in a very different way. So I found that the problems that my clients were having weren't necessarily solvable by just the products. And because I was young, I was 29 years old, I ended up kind of falling into different pockets of target market, like by accident, which is what I teach my clients to do now is that we wanna be really intentional with who we target. But with me, I kind of fell into different pockets. And, and one of those pockets was I had was working with some parents with young kids because I knew some of my friends were a few years older than me and they had preschool age kids. And so I, I did your typical 529 seminar about college funding and then end up getting some clients. But what I found was that when I started to really understand, luckily at the time I was working with that coach I talked about and I understood it wasn't just about the products and fact finding this, but I really got deep into understanding their problems and what they wanted. And so many of these parents with young kids and I was living in Silicon Valley. So a lot of money coming in, but a lot of money going out. So they were making six figures, but they weren't necessarily doing well with their money. They weren't necessarily having the best habits. They weren't necessarily being the best example for their kids. And there was a lot of challenges with the communication between the couples. And so what I realized was that I can't solve those problems when I got to the deep problems of having them communicate better, keep them together, not get divorced, make sure they're better role models for their kids. I couldn't solve that with a 529 plan. I couldn't solve that with a 401k rollover. I couldn't solve that with a life insurance policy. As much as they needed those things, I had to actually solve the first problem, like or the first problems that I saw. So I actually developed a money coaching program, which was really outside the box, especially at the time where I even had to get my outside business activity because it wasn't, even though I was, I had my 65 or 66, I, I still wasn't like advice. It was very much more around communication and mindset and beliefs and behaviors. So my first book is Mind Over Management. It's more around the beliefs and behaviors. And I, the reason I said strategies or financial advisor won't give you one, I was trying to be a little bit, have a little friction there, but also because we're not taught as financial advisors to, to really, not that we're taught, not taught about talking about the mindset stuff. Of course we are in most like you said, a lot of women are better at it than men. And, and if you believe that, the reason is because we like to talk about the stories and we like to hear about the deep stuff and we like to know about the family and the relationship. And I think most advisors, men or women, they love to build those relationships, but women are just gen- genuinely curious about that stuff that men, my, my husband especially, like he does not want to know all those details. I was very curious about that. And then, so it's more about the mindset and more about the, the beliefs and behaviors and how to shift those. 
And then of course, products just like help enhance them actually getting the result. But my focus was more about, about that. So the, the first book, Mind Over Money Management is more about the, the that area that was more like a co money coaching type of book. And then the last book that I have, my most recent book, uh, Make More Money, Help More People. When I left the industry, I actually left the industry because I was better at helping business owners grow their money or grow their business, grow, grow their income versus the actual growing money. I always talk about this with my financial advisor clients that they're often talking to, let's say it's someone who's really great in their career. They're often talking to them about their career and how they got successful and how they created financial success. That's their career. That's on the earning side. And then what you're good at as a financial advisor and we're good at is like helping them grow that money that they can actually save and invest it and, and actually have that. But they're two totally different skills. It's like someone who's good at earning money. Maybe they're, it's, it's kind of like a football player. You're really good at football and you could be really like, you could be a pro football player and you're very athletic, but that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be the best figure skater. In fact, you might be really bad at that because maybe you're a little bit more clumsy. Maybe you're a real big guy and you fall on your face. However, I bet that the football players, especially the, the quarterback, the, the real athletic football players are probably better at skating than those people who are not athletic, right? So people who are good at earning money are also have a tendency to save more and have a tendency to be maybe make more intentional decisions about growing their money. But it does not mean that just because you make more money or you make more money, you earn more money, that that equates to you being wealthy, especially today when people are living 40, 50 years after retirement, right? It's just like hard for anyone, no matter how good they are at the skill. I think you could be better at it, but I definitely like to take those, you know, two things. And what I realized when I was doing a lot of money coaching, when I got actual business owners, those business owners, if I could help them grow their investments, I'm not talking about, you know, advisors at this stage, let's just say someone who had an architecture firm and I want to look at the money that to help her invest. Well, if I can help her double her income, then it's a lot easier to find money to save and then grow that. So like if I can actually help on that side, the making money side, that growing money side gets very easy. And so I just found that because of that, when I was working with business owners, I was actually better at helping them with prospecting. I was better at helping them with sales. And so eventually I left the business and just focused on that. And when I started working with a lot of women business owners, it, I realized that, well, I have the experience as a financial advisor for a decade. I'm still a CFP. I know what you've experienced. I say this a lot to, to sorry guys, but to, in this male dominated industry with the old boys club and what's being taught, it's like to, to be able to see it from a woman's perspective and help on the, the earning money side is what I'm best at. So that's why I decided to do that and kind of bring it together with my passion to help people in, in financial services to help on the, the investment side as well. So that's the second book is make more money, help more people geared towards business owners, women specifically, not just financial advisors, but women in service-based businesses to help them see that actually it's not, shouldn't be a block to make more money. Like making more money is a good thing because the, when you make more money, you help more people. Love it. Completely well said. Love both the book titles as well. Kind of catchy. And I really do get what you're saying, Robin. I mean, it sounds to me to just even take what you said quite well is You've got this experience as a financial advisor, right? What I'm hearing you say is really you love helping business owners grow their business, right? And in, in, if you could help a business owner grow her business or his business, ultimately that creates more profits and more profits are then available to build your net worth and invest in all the things that financial advisors do. So it sounds like part of what you do is really just help advisors take on a role of almost more of a, I'll call it an advisor and be a little bit more intentional 
not just on the stocks and bonds and mutual funds and all that kind of stuff, but on how to build better habits and ultimately grow profits in a business. Is that is that pretty accurate? Well, my my yeah, yes and no. I would say, I mean, I definitely help now. I mean, not all women in in, in business, but for sure I'm more I'm completely targeted now to help women in financial services or insurance to grow their business just because now there's so many nuances that that I have that I know about compliance. I know about I know what you're going through that it's just and I completely believe in target marketing. I actually have a different way of talking about it, but I believe in target marketing. So I'm very targeted with who I help, but the women that I help aren't necessarily working with business owners. And I don't focus on, I already know the women who come to me, they're phenomenal what they do. That's easy. They're really, they care. They want to help people. They're completely motivated to transform lives. Like that's easy. Now they want to make more money. And the, the ones who are doing really well are really proud that they do that because they know when you make more money, you help more people. But what I found is that is that it's more about like, how do they actually grow the business? Because just the cool thing about this industry is that just being great at what you do is enough to get referrals to grow your business for you. So like, if you've been in the industry, if you've survived the industry 20 years, like you're doing fine. You might be even doing phenomenally well. You might be doing, oh, okay, like it, it depends, right? But if you're really good at what you do and you can at least say, hey, you know, can you introduce me to some people? Like you can grow this business because the recurring revenue model is insane. Like there's like hardly any other business out there where you can make this much money on January 1st. Like knowing, like one of my clients, she's going to hit a million dollars this year. And we just got off the, now we're recording this, it's May. She's like, I'm going to hit a million dollars. She already knows she's going to hit a million dollars. Like it's like we're halfway, not even halfway through the year. And she knows she's going to hit a million dollars because of all the assets under management. And we we had to figure that out and make sure she hit it. But it was like, it's so cool because then we already know it's even more next January 1st that she's going to hit over a million dollars, even if she just services her clients. But what I love to do is say, okay, well, you're great at the, I, I divide, I divide a business into three parts. Like there's really only three components of business, leads, sales, and fulfillment. Most people, men or women in this industry are great at fulfillment. It's a servicing business, right? We're servicing clients. You're great with your clients. You're going to not only have them forever. There's like the lowest attrition probably in any industry. So they're never going to leave you, but then they're going to refer you. And then what happens is they refer you and you are an order taker. Like, would you like fries with that? Would you like to supersize me? Basically you get someone, they're already sold because you're so great with your client. Your client tells someone who already wants an advisor to come talk to you. So the lead comes in and they're closed and you as an advisor think you're freaking amazing at sales. You're not great at leads, but they just come in because you're good at what you do. And then you think you're like, oh my gosh, I close like 80 to hundred percent of every person who comes in. And then when I get someone who is actually really wants to take, if they have a million dollar business, they want to take it to 2 million, or if they have a half a million dollar business, they want to take it to a million, or they got a million dollar business, they want to take it to 5 million. Like now we're talking about like, you actually have to be intentional and good and, and strategic about your marketing and your leads. You can't just kind of coast, which most advisors do after 20 years. They're like, I just want to coast. It depends on your ambition level, but I want to help you be intentional and make that happen. And so I have a lot of strategies to help you get prospects intentionally without it being salesy, without it being weird, without just like begging for referrals so that you can actually be good at the marketing side as well and be good at the sales side. Because once you go outside your warm market, and this is what I actually have a, a challenge called the appointment generator challenge called the tag challenge. And I teach them how to do marketing just completely cold and all online because everyone can get a referral 
but you can't get them consistently and reliably. And no one wants to be that guy that's like begging people for referrals all the time or asking the same people, do you have any more referrals? <laughs> right? So I teach them how to do it cold and so that they can. And then what happens is one more point here, I'm going off. I know, but is like, I, then they get a cold prospect. And I'm in the, like the say, like now they have to actually sell them or drive them to the next step, influence them to go through the sales process shorter, not to have to chase them for six weeks, but actually do it very succinctly. And it's a cold prospect. And all of a sudden they're not as good at sales as they thought. They've been an order taker their whole freaking career. And now it's like, you actually have to not even sell them to a paid thing, but just sell them to like a, what I call a free discovery call. And they're not doing it because they're actually not good at sales. And no one wants to be especially the women I work with, they don't want to be good at sales. They feel like it's manipulative, but I'm talking about influencing people in a way to completely change their life. Cause everyone who thinks they're they who thinks they need help is going to get help and they're going to be okay. It's the people who are pretending that everything's going to be okay. That don't have an advisor or have the wrong advisor that really need you to be able to actually get them out of their own way so they can take the step forward and get what they want. You have no energy, started, John. <laughs> Robin, you have no energy at all. My goodness, no passion. You don't seem excited about the financial <laughs> services industry at all. It's a terrible business, isn't it? People don't leave. It's recurring revenue. Man, you sound like me, bullish on life, which is great. So let me lead you this way. Man, you have passion, which is really cool. You talked about lead sales fulfillment, and I completely agree with you, by the way. And just to go down a little kind of rabbit hole myself, right? Most advisors, you're right. They bring on a handful of clients a year from a satisfied client. And everyone says yes, because you become highly endorsed. We do a lot of work, Robin, in teaching advisors how to partner with CPA firms, also highly endorsed, right? So you're getting what we call borrowed trust, whether it be from a client, whether it be from another professional, a CPA, et cetera, but meeting someone that you don't know in a networking group or at a seminar or a presentation or through email is much more difficult because you actually really have to show your value proposition. This podcast is sponsored by Proudmouth, the influence accelerators. Proudmouth. If you're like our clients, you wanna spend more time educating people and less time selling. That's why we turn Main Street experts like you into trusted mainstream authorities. We help you amplify your influence over a growing audience of magnetically attracted fans who will chase you down instead. Visit proudmouth.com to learn more. Be your own loud. One of the things I know about you is you're really good at teaching advisors how to prospect and get in front of new prospective clients and doing it in a really intentional way. So maybe you could talk a little bit, I'll hit you with two questions, but a little bit about how you help there. And then maybe you can also talk a little bit about kind of this tag challenge that you have, which I think kind of leads into some of that perhaps as well. Yeah, absolutely. This is my favorite way to look at prospecting. Okay. I'm very, I'm like, very proud of coming up with this idea if I do say so myself, but I think it simplifies it. And most of the people that I work with complicate it. What I mean by it, I mean, you, we all have heard the riches are in the niches. Now, I think when you first get in the industry, everyone has heard like, make your list of 100 friends and family, all this BS. Okay. 
But, and I say BS because I know it works, but it's like, especially for women, it's extremely awkward and difficult. And especially like I was a singer songwriter before I was a financial advisor. So imagine me, like uh, I just got licensed after six weeks. I have all these licenses and all of a sudden, like I'm like saying, oh, would, can I help you with your money? And they're like, weren't you broke, a uh, struggling uh, musician a week ago? And I'm like, yes, but I'm very passionate about this. And now I'm licensed. And it's like, when you're a struggling musician, it's okay to be broke. When you're a financial advisor, not so cool. It's like that commercial, right? When I forget whose brand it is, but someone is the DJ. You know what I'm talking about? It's just funny. If someone acts like a a financial advisor and they're with a prospective client and the client says yes, and then he rips off his shirt. I actually think it's like for the CFP board uh, or something along those lines. So anyway, just made me think. That's awesome. I should check that out. That sounds awesome. Yeah. So I think for a lot of people, just the the traditional way of just asking for referrals, especially friends and family at the beginning, it's awkward and it's just not reliable and it's not predictable. So what I like to do is this, and whether they're, they've been in the industry for 20 years or whether they're just starting there that you can actually do this. Uh, anyone can do this. So I like the idea of cloning. Okay. So the idea is to clone your ideal client. So let's say if you're a listener right now and you have an ideal client, this would be what I consider level one, meaning you have a book of business and you say, this is another name I call the rule of 10. Okay. You all know the the rule of 72. So I can use that in this environment, the rule of 10. It's kind of this idea. Okay. You say the rule of 10 is this, if I can only get one client this year and I can get only, and I can clone that client 10 times, I would reach my revenue goal. So if I want to bring just easy math, an additional hundred thousand dollars, I'm not talking about just what you're going to get for recurring revenue. I'm talking about you want additional hundred grand, additional million, doesn't matter. Well, let's say it's additional hundred grand. And I'm like, okay, I can only, I'm only rule of 10. I'm only allowed 10 clients. So easy math. We know each of those clients have to be, bring me at least an average of $10,000 in revenue. Okay, cool. So I'm like in my book of business, is there one client that I have that I love and I have an ideal client test? I, you love working with the person, you provide tremendous transformational value, and you get paid well for it. So I'm like, who is that person? Okay. And, and it's not a target market. There's not one person who's between the ages of 35 and, and 70 or between the ages of 45 and, and 62. It's not a, a range. This is what people talk about with an avatar and target marketing and all this niche stuff. Like, no, I want to really simplify it at first. You get one client 10 times. Who's that client going to be? Okay. So I'm like, I look in my book of business. And I'm like, Susan, I love Susan. I love working with her. Of course, I provide tremendous transformational value. I'm managing $5 million. I got her set up with the CRUT. She's all, she's good with charitable giving. Like all these things that you've done, the more you've done for her business-wise, the more likely you've, it's also the more money you've made, right? So the second and the third thing go hand in hand. And I tell people this who are just starting that like, they're like, oh, I can sell only insurance. And I'm like, okay, well, who, what can you sell? Life insurance, long-term care and annuities. I'm like, cool. Have you had, do you have any clients who already, you've done all three of those? And this woman, um, Sherry, she was like, no, I, I don't. I've, I've done kind of one in, with each of these clients. Well, if you've only done one of those things with one client, it's not the most transformational value because if you only did long-term care and they don't have, or they don't have income for life or they don't have life insurance, like it's not as transformational as if you did all three of those things, right? So then, so level two would be someone, because I said to Sherry, I said, well, do you have someone in your book of business where you've done all three? She said, no. I said, okay, well, let's see. How about in your warm market? Okay. I'm not saying you have to go to your friends and family and convert this person as a client, but we're just going to use this cloning idea. Think of someone in your warm market. Do you have someone who you think could have the need 
for all those three things. Because me, I'm almost 44 years old. Like I don't need, I'm gonna, you're gonna tell me differently, but I don't think I need long-term care, life insurance and annuities. Like I'm like, yeah, I definitely need some some life insurance. I got some, I know I need life insurance, but I'm not thinking I need long-term care yet. And I'm not thinking I need an annuity. So like, I'm not her ideal client if that's all she can sell. Now, someone else who wants to manage millions of dollars, like I might be perfect for them. That's cool, but not for her. So then I go to the second level, like who in your warm market do you know that would be would have the need for those three things? Because then you'll be providing more transformational value and then you'll be getting paid well for it. And so she says, Bob, I don't remember his name, but let's say she says Bob and I'm like, perfect. Okay, now we can use a strategy to clone Bob and I'll tell you the strategy in a minute, but we wanna clone Bob and that's okay that he's not your client and that's okay that like, let's say he'll never be your client. Meaning like you guys were best friends in high school, maybe even dated, maybe he was your first and you just don't think that he's ever going to become a client because he looks at you slightly differently. So we're like, okay, cool. Let's not try to convert him as a client. That's not the role. But if we could clone, Bob would not have the memory or the experience of having that experience with you, since I'm being foul here. And, and you could clone his whole situation, everything else, and it would work. And if you got 10 Bobs, you hit your goal, right? The third level is that you're, maybe you're really new and you grew up in the projects, who knows? And like everyone in your warm market, they're broke. And like, there's no one you want to clone there. So now we can clone someone who, well, we can use a job title, right? We can say, well, remember I said earlier, it doesn't mean that if you're, if you're good at earning money, you're good at growing money, but you might be good at least saving it, right? So if we say, what about an attorney? What about a realtor who has 20 years of experience? What about CPAs? So let's say take a, a job title, some, some sort of person that's now it's kind of more of an avatar, but then we say, okay, we can actually find that person. This is why I do this stuff uh, on uh, online is that we can actually find those job titles on LinkedIn, billions of people or whatever it is. I don't know. Um, on LinkedIn. And we can say, okay, I'm going to search for an attorney with 10 years of experience and, and I can find that person. And now that we know whatever level we're at, we're like, here is my clone. Now, if you just clone that person 10 times, we know you'll hit your goal. And on the way to cloning that person, because you might fall short, but on the way to cloning that person, you'll pick up other clients and other ancillary business, and you're more likely to hit your goal. So that's how I focus. Now the question is, well, how do you do that? But that's how I focus is like, I want you to not think about target marketing. I want you to not think about niching. I want you to simplify it and put your focus and attention on cloning one client, but you need to know who that person is. And then we got to figure out how to actually attract them. You know, my next question, right? So totally get it, right? I, I see the intentionality, find your Bob, who do you like working with? Who do you help most? Who is that ideal client, right? And they're either in your business, they're not in their business, in your business. It might be someone, if it's not someone already, whether you're willing to approach them or not, because it could become uncomfortable. And kind of that third piece is, well, kind of who do I think that person is, right? Like what yeah, is that profession? Like your clients in your book of business, they already love you and you're working with them. The second level is like, they already love you. It's maybe your aunt, your uncle, your friend, whatever. They love you, but they don't necessarily want to work with you. They may someday, but right now they don't necessarily want to work with you, but they love you. So you can get them on a call easily, right? You can get them on a phone, Zoom, whatever. And then third level is like, you don't know them. They don't know you. You don't know them, but we still have a strategy to get them to pay attention. Love it. Great. So we get the clients we want to clone. We figure out who that is. You talked a little bit about LinkedIn. What's the next step? So this is actually, and you mentioned the TAG challenge, and again, TAG stands for the appointment generator. So the whole challenge is, it's actually, my promise is five qualified appointments in five days. And it's, yeah, and you not all seeing him, but he made a, like a, a flinch face, like, wow, that sounds pretty good, right? I'll take it um, sold. Five appointments, five days, I'm in. Yeah, yeah. I would love to have you do it, except you're a dude and it's for women. So, the, but I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you this shortcut. So I have, I have dudettes on my team. We could do it, do that. 
All right, cool. Dudettes are, are, are welcome. Yeah, I do I, I do have women only because we didn't talk about this, but because it's a very community-driven thing and it's a very safe space and there's a lot of stretching outside your comfort zone and like it getting vulnerable and whatever. And I don't want, like women, we already have a little bit of self-doubt. So it's like bringing men in the mix. It just makes it harder for the women, which is just an, maybe an unfortunate truth. But anyway, going back to your question. Yeah, so once you know who the person is, you clone, this is actually part of a four-step process. It's, it's my system. It's called the Instant X system. So the first step is who is the person? So now we just got to, I used to say target market. I used to do that because I, I love target marketing, but it, it got people all messed up in the head because they're trying to be perfect and they think they have to plant their flag. Like this is the person I'm going to work with forever. Like I now work with attorneys. Now my, everything on my website says I work with attorneys. Like I'm not saying that we only need 10 of them. This is an amazing industry. You can make a lot of money from one client. You only need 10. And some of you are listening, going like, I only need three, like I only need five, whatever it is. So let's just, let's focus there. So, so, step one is who is the person step two is i call it why do they care like why do they care which is really the messaging and i talk about this like you can see video after video i talk about this because the industry doesn't even use the word messaging it's like an unknown word in the industry and on the digital marketing side if any of you like a digital marketing it's everything because those of you who invest in facebook ads and and you use uh, any type of advertising you must know who the person is step one you must know why they care you must have messaging that actually compels them to want to talk to you because you got to get them in because i always tell my ladies like your number one problem is that you're invisible they care so much if everyone knew, especially you're the woman, usually it's a woman, but that you want to attract. If she knew how much you cared, how good you are at what you do, if she knew that if she worked with you, you'd be like, like she'd have everything she wants financially and more, and she'd feel less stressed about money. If she knew all that, she'd be talking to you. She'd be meeting with you. She'd be working with you. The problem is she doesn't know that. So there's only one thing that drives a behavior. Like, so I also talk, I have like so many little systems, but I talk about how you're, you're like, you're trying to drive a behavior, right? The behavior is I want them to talk to me or I want them to meet with me. I want them to work with me. That's an action you want them to take. That's a behavior. What drives that behavior is one thing. And that one thing are their beliefs. The only reason you had me on this podcast is you believe it will be valuable to the listener. You believe that I actually have something to offer. You believe that I'm not just going to talk you talk about stuff that doesn't matter. You believe you believe I can talk if I had you know more time. I can say a hundred different things about your beliefs is why you brought me on this podcast and my beliefs is why I even showed up. Because if I didn't believe it would be worth my time, I wouldn't be here. So that the action, the behavior is driven by beliefs. That's it. So then the question lies, well, what is driving beliefs? What's driving beliefs? And that's, I told you the answer, but I, I did this in a five-day challenge and I asked my ladies again, I must've said it 10 times and still they're like fear this, that. And I'm like, yeah, that's all true. But what really drives someone's beliefs so that it drives the behavior of them to talk to you, meet with you, work with you, show up is messaging. What is it they hear? What is it they see? Well, it could be a, they're, they're on Zoom. It could be a physiological thing. It could be messaging. You're like, if you go like, you give them the finger the whole time, they're probably not going to want to work with you. So it doesn't have to be what comes out of your mouth, but it typically is, what do you say? What do they hear? What is that? What is the message that is received by them that is going to make them or influence them to believe something so that they want to talk to you, meet with you or work with you, right? So then we have to figure out messaging, like in messaging is hard. For people like especially in the industry because no one talks about messaging all their messaging is selling what i call selling the box like oh let me tell you about long-term care let me tell you about rolling over 401k let me tell you about the difference between a roth and a traditional so it's all selling the box so the messaging has to be to to what are the problems that you solve and what are the results that they get and that's what's going to compel them to want to talk to you 
Love it. So many good little tidbits there. We talk a lot about, I call it think, act, do, right? The way you think ultimately dictates how you act, which actually dictates what you do. So I completely connect with what you're saying, slightly different verbiage, but I think the same kind of concept. And you're talking about what you call this kind of instant expert system, right? So I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit because that's what I do. What is, like, give me an example of that messaging. Like in, in my mind, I'm trying to think about it. I'm like, it's probably not, we get the best rate of return, right? It's probably how we connect to what that target kind of person you want to clone, what you know about them, kind of that deep down, dirty, emotional, this is what their problem is. But do you have like an example? I'm going to do better than that, John. I'm taking out my piece of paper. I'm going to write this down. Okay. Okay. We're going to, in real time right now, during the recording, we're going to figure this out. Okay. I'll give you like the full on, like step-by-step because I actually cannot come up with messaging at all. Like I'm horrible at it. I can tell you how to do it, but we can say problem result. I said that, but it's like, well, give me an example. I can't even come up with an example without knowing, well, who is that person that I want to attract? Okay. okay. So, so pretend, I guess you don't need to pretend because you're also an advisor. Think of who, let's do it with you. Who is one, you have clients, right? I don't anymore, oh, but okay. I, I, I can remember my old clients for sure. Okay, let's go back in time then. You yep. pretend to be the old you. Okay. Yep. And I want you to think of if I was going to get 10 clients, I can only get one client 10 times to hit my goal. Is there one person who you used to work with that you love working with? You provided tremendous transformational value. You got paid well for and give me the first name. Yes, I have lots of them, but I would say we can say Bill. Okay, cool. Now just tell me about Bill so I know. You're actually going to pretend to be Bill in a second, but okay. tell me about him so I know it. So help me drive the questions a little bit. So what's was he retired? What was the job? Did he have a business? Tell me a little bit about Bill. Yep, Bill was a professor. Okay. Was he retired when you... Nope, I met him. I met him before he retired, but he retired within a few years of of my working with him as a client. Okay, perfect. So that's good enough. So this is important too. This is getting a little bit granular, but like when we're talking about cloning, I also want to know like the time in which of cloning. So some people will say, oh, I want to clone my client, Mary. And I'm like, tell me about Mary and, and she's widowed and this and that. And I'm like, well, do you want to clone her? Like, is it two years after she lost her spouse or would it be you met her five years before? So we need to know that because the problems that she had five years before are very different than the second she lost her husband, very different than two years later and what's on her mind. So I need to get into their heads in order to write compelling messaging or craft compelling messaging. So I need to know what time frame that is and bring it to the scene where like an yep, acting Yep, yep, completely okay. get it. Cool. So think of the professor while he was working, it was, he was a few years out before retirement and now I want you to be Bill. Okay. And I'm going to be I you or I'm, it doesn't really matter, but I'm trying to extract messaging. So the cool thing is that the best way to get messaging is not from your own head. It's from your clients' mouths. Okay. So we want to actually have them craft it for us, but you got to be the detective. You got to be the interviewer. You got to be the one who's able to draw it out of them. There are only two things we need to know. The two main things we need to know are what do they want that they don't already have? And what's holding them back or slowing them down from getting there? That's going to write the messaging for me. 
So my whole goal, because if I just talk about what they want, which I, I actually got this distinction after doing like now seven challenges, because at first I was telling them, ask like, what's most important to them about creating wealth? And they would get to like what they already have. They're like, oh, I want to make sure that I have flexibility. And they're like, they're getting to, they already have flexibility. They already have an amount of money, but we're talking about what do they want? They don't have, or they don't have certainty that they will have. Okay. So I can literally just ask you those questions, but I can just say, so, so Bill, tell me a little about, I would usually start with this. Like what's most important to you about creating wealth? So I'm Bill now, right? So I would say it is being secure that my family and I will be okay. Okay. So that's awesome. So you want to be secure that your family and you will be okay. So what does that really mean? What does that look like? Because everybody has different ways of, of picturing that. What would that look like? How would you know that you and your family are secure? You know, just making sure that my wife and myself and my children, that we have plenty of money, that money is never uh, an issue, and that we'll be able to live our lifestyle, treat our kids and grandchildren extremely well, and be able to have all the things that we want and not have to worry. Okay, cool. Do you have a certain time frame of when that you want that to happen by? Yeah, I actually feel like I'm probably there already, but I want to really make sure that I'm really there and I'd rather be over-prepared to really make sure that we're good no matter what. Okay. So you feel like you're there and tell me again, what is there? I know you said your wife and children, you have plenty of money. What, first of all, what does plenty of money look like? Like, what does that mean? Do you have well, a number? We, yeah, we, we number need... Or is it just I'm sorry. Say that again. Is it a number or is it just like plenty of money means this is what I'm allowed to do because I have it or I'm able to do because I have it? Yeah, I, I think it is being able to support our lifestyle the way we live today, which is lots of travel, six, six trips a year, taking the children and grandchildren, God willing, they'll want to come. And if anything happens to me, that won't change. My family will be in, in great shape financially. Whether the markets go up, down, or sideways, we're good. Okay, awesome. Thank you. And is there anything you can think of that, let's just like dare to dream for a second. Like if you can wave a magic wand and have it any way you like it, like what would you really want? Like that maybe things that you kind of think might be, like these are things you think are possible and you're kind of set and you just want to be over-prepared. I get that. But what are the things that you're like, oh, well, that would be awesome. That would be nice. I'd love to have that. But I don't know that it's possible, but Dare to dream for a second. Tell me if you can wave a magic wand, what would you like? I'd love to be able to take my whole family, grandchildren on two amazing trips a year on a Disney cruise, maybe every year to be able to do that at least two times and to be able to not worry. Bill, what do you think is holding you back or slowing you down from getting there? I, I would say probably confidence, really trusting that I am in that good of a situation. I think I'm there, but I don't know for sure. What, like, what concerns do you have? Like that, like what could go wrong? Cause it sounds like you're like, well, everything goes right. I'm fine. But what comes up for you as to what could go wrong that could prevent you from getting there? And I say getting there, like you said, you're basically there, but like, you, you don't need it for one year. You don't need it for two years. You, just, you don't need it for 10 years. You need it for the rest of your life, right? That's a long, long, hopefully a very long time. Yes. So what could prevent you or what could go wrong that concerns you at all? Like if that happened, I might have to tweak my plan or I might have to change my life style? What comes up for you? Yeah. I mean, I, I guess it's not investing my money wisely or losing money. The stock market has been crazy at times and maybe health issues, things along those lines. I'm looking for that peace of mind. I'm not retired yet, mind you, right? That's how I'm thinking of it at least. The longer I work, 
right? The more I save and the, the, the less period of time I need to rely on my savings to pay my bills. So, you know, that's what I'm really trying to figure out, Robin, is will I really be okay if I retire and am I kind of foolproof, right? No matter what, I'll be okay and I'll be able to do the things that I want to do for my family. That's how you extract messaging. Now we could have talked for 20 more minutes and gotten to some other things. But one thing I like to tell my clients is that there's a big difference between, so so let me do it this way. I actually play this game in the tag challenge. I'm going to give it away for those people who get in the tag challenge. You might be able to win this prize like really fast because you're getting to cheat. But I say like, imagine you're on Family Feud and I say, what is the number? We asked 100 people. What is the number one concern that retirees have? What would you say? Running out of money. Yes. Ding, 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 ding. Oh my gosh. I didn't even tell him to see that's the number one answer. And I've asked more than a hundred people, but that is the number one answer in those exact words. So clearly John, like this is a good thing because that would have been awkward if you got it wrong, but here you are getting it right. So if I, and then I tell them this, here's the example. Okay. Imagine there's a woman who has a hundred thousand dollars to her name and there's a woman who has $3 million to her name. And you say, what's your biggest concern when it comes to your retirement? And then she says, running out of money, hundred thousand dollars. The other woman says, running out of money. What? Like, how could they have the same exact concern? She has a hundred thousand dollars to her name. So the only way to write messaging that's going to attract the one with 3 million, because most of you are going to want the one with 3 million is to keep peeling the onion and get deeper and deeper to, well, what would happen? Let's play that out. That's another way I could have done the role play. Let's play that out. Let's assume that happened. What would you do? hundred thousand dollar woman's going to say, I'd have to live with my son. I'd have to go get a job. I'd have to, I'd be concerned. I'm living on the street, eating cat food, something like that. Right. And I know we don't have a lot of time. So I'm trying to go fast. The other one is saying, I'm concerned I won't be able to live the lifestyle. I might have to downsize. Maybe I won't be able to give as much to my, my grandkids. I won't be able to leave as nice of a legacy. I won't be able to do as much philanthropically, depending on the person, but very different urgencies when it comes down to it. Because when you're looking at who I want to attract, the one with the most urgency is going to be the one to respond. So if you just do your marketing better than everyone else, instead of selling the box and you say, instead of saying like, come, I want to roll over your 401k or something like that. You say, if you're concerned about running out of money, that's good messaging, except that now you're going to attract the one with the most urgent problem, which is the one with hundred grand. So this is what's really nice. And the, this is what you all can do. And actually I'll give you a download to do this, but this will help. Okay. This is called the clone your client script. I also call it the appointment generator. I kind of do interchangeable, but the appointment generator script is basically you go to this one, one potential client you want to clone bill and you follow the script. And essentially it's asking him these type of questions. And then there's other things with it that like helps build the belief that you're more mission-based. It's not about you just growing your business and getting clients. And then by the end, you're asking for introductions, not referrals. And I give that to your audience because I'm running out of time instead of trying to you know, tell you, but you basically take their words and now you regurgitate them to talk about what their problems are, what they want to get them to be compelled to want to talk to you. So you guys can get this at female. I know even if you're not, you're a dude, get it but then you might want to unsubscribe to my list after the fact because you'll get all these things like woman they're doing all these things for women but maybe you have women on your team anyway go to femalefinancialadvisors.com forward slash script okay as in the tag script just go to script and you can get that but to answer your question what you need to do now, so I would say something like but depending on where I'm writing it if LinkedIn is going to be a different culture than Facebook right but you can do a call out. Like if you're a professor working where, where you're th starting to think about the next, how the next three, three working years are going to be very important to determine how you end up living the rest of your life without saying retirement, which is a buzzword. We just talked about their nearing retirement. 
I like to do that because otherwise they're thinking like, I, I already got that. I'm good. And you can have a whole thing. Like you might be concerned about your wife and, and or your, if you're targeting men, your wife and children, you want to, you might want to be thinking, you want to make sure you have plenty of money. You're probably all set in many ways, but you want to ensure that you live your lifestyle to be able to treat your grandkids well and support that lifestyle for, for decades to come. And, and maybe something like that, right? And then you can say, even if you feel like the chances of you reaching your goals are high, if you want to be 100% confident that you'll be able to do that and not make the mistakes that most people make of making investment, the wrong investment choices that can, could make them lose money, then jump on this call or download this thing or whatever. So I'm literally going through and I can make it better if I had more time, but I'm regurgitating what you said. Yeah. I'm not trying to use the buzzwords because I want to attract more people to get you to action. Here's Love the it. foolproof. You said foolproof. So I said, here's the foolproof system. Download it now. And I just use all your freaking words. Yep. No, totally get it. I really do. It's great. I think here's what I could tell Robin. You've got a lot of stuff, right? So it sounds like there's a whole process behind what you do. And I know I'm trying to go a little deep and probably long deeper than we have time, uh, unfortunately to do, but I really do. I get it. And I I've done some reading and have some, you know, pretty good understanding of marketing. And it is, it's, as you're saying, it's understanding your audience. Right. And like you said, that was where I was trying to get at a little bit, which I think was kind of cool is really what I'm hearing you say is whoever that client is, whoever your bill is, or you might have six clients like that in your business, right? To use them as the resource to really just understand, I know you've received a ton of value from what I've done, Robin, for you and you're my favorite client or one of my favorite clients. Tell me more about how I helped you. Tell me why you hired me, why I you took all the advice. Script, you got What's it. That? It's like you're reading the script, that the tag, tag script that I'm giving them, like that's basically how it starts. It's like, yep what it starts with the value and how can I 10 times the value? Absolutely. Totally get it. Yeah. So it's smart and I feel kind of dumb because we don't do any of that in our practice and it probably works. Well, you can take really this, well. John, and go make multiple millions of dollars just from this conversation. Well, that was the plan. So I like it. And I hope all of our listeners can do that as well. I think that's a really good segue. So two things, one, we could do this off air, but I would like to meet you because like speak to you more. Because while I'm not a female, I do have females on my team and I think you could help them, which would be kind of cool. So I want to talk to you about that. Okay. And then the second piece is how does everyone find you, Robin? I know you've got a podcast as well, I believe, and I'm sure you have a website and I hope you have an email. So how does everyone come out and find you if they want to learn more? And I know you have a kind of a free offer that you kind of already mentioned that some folks can get access to by listening to the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. So there's a lot of ways, but for sure, you can go to robincrane.com. It's spelled with a Y, R-O-B-Y-N-C-R-A-N-E. But if you also just go to femalefinancialadvisors.com, that actually typically will lead you to what we have coming up next. And typically it's the Appointment Generator Challenge. Um, we have done a boot camp, so it could lead you to that. And, and hopefully it's up to date here. Go to femalefinancialadvisors.com and that will show you like what's the next event. And sometimes we have things that are completely 100% free. Like the tag challenge, we just did it for the first time, 100% free, which was insane. We had over a thousand women and it was amazing, but typically I charge for it. And I'm like, let's just try it. Let's give more access to women. Either one of those would be great. I'm very active on uh, Facebook and Instagram and all kind of, those are my main channels, of course, LinkedIn. So if you just look up Robin Crane and all those channels, 
I don't do a ton on Twitter, but um, a little bit there. You can just follow me there. And then that that script, make sure you get femalefinancialadvisors.com forward slash script. Of course, that's a little freebie there. I think I got them all. I mean, most of them at least. Awesome. Well, hey, Robin, thank you so much. And we will make sure uh, all the ways to contact you are in our show notes. So like I said, next time, if we have you on again, we'd love to have you. Maybe you can have a little more energy, a uh, little, you're, maybe no coffee today, but sincerely. You, my, you should bring my husband on because he helps. And he's like, it's like, I, you think I'm energetic and I don't even drink coffee, by the way. But you bring my husband on. I'm like, oh, you one-upped me again because he's like, oh, no like crazy guy and he helps uh business owners use their book as their most powerful marketing tool so like all the financial guys love that most of my clients end up working with him anyways to get i love it yeah no that's something i thought of as well and as i'm sure some of our listeners have also so again thank you again absolutely awesome thank you for all the energy and the great ideas and with that being said i wanted to thank everyone for listening again to another great episode of quantum growth for financial advisors If you or anyone could be a good guest, please don't keep them a secret. Let us know and we'd be happy to consider. So I hope everybody has a great day and thank you again for listening. Thank you for listening to today's episode. You can find the episode show notes and subscribe for updates by visiting cuttonconsultinggroup.com forward slash podcast. Make sure to subscribe and download the episodes on your favorite podcast app and we'll see you next week.